0: Tuesday, February 5th, uh, Season 1, Episode 3. We're all back here again. Uh, Another interesting topic that is going to be some good information, some of the stuff that we actually just learned about this week. Um, But let's start off with our introductions here. Uh, Bill Siege. uh, Tom Christie. Trey Reedy.
1: Adam Baumline.
0: So what we're going to get into today, uh, there's – three avenues uh, with, with the mortgage industry here in regards to who owns your mortgage. Uh, you may make your payment to bank X, banks Y, yada, yada, but at the end of the day, nine times out of 10, it's going to be a Fannie Mae owned loan, Freddie Mac owned loan or Jenny Mae. Um, you sure may or may can. not know the difference of those, but there's a lot of details that go into all those, so we're going to focus on one today, which is Jenny Mae. There um, are private investors out there, but in
1: general. A vast majority of the loans. Yeah, well,
0: again, yeah, most people are looking revenues, for a mortgage. So you're, you, yeah, yeah. You're, unless you're a hard money lender, you know, most people are looking for a house. You're, it's going to be one of those avenues there. Um, but, again, today, May, uh that's the government loans. So, the, and, again, some very important information on this. with It could make or break a deal for you. Uh, it could if essentially lose a deal right in the middle of it um, with some of these changes that have happened that we've just learned about. So, uh, with that said, Adam, you want to kind of lead into – what you kind of discovered with this because you're the one that brought to our attention here
1: yeah so we saw a, uh, a video online yesterday from actually one of the uh, I guess people or groups that we follow that, that we get you know good information from um, Jenny May has essentially come out and said that so for non-bank lenders so if it's not a BANK a bank you know in our world here in Central Iowa a chase a PNC uh FDIC, insured, Dep- yeah, depository, FDI insured, institution. depository Institution, for um, <clears throat> institution, that they are going to start looking at those institutions to see if they have enough liquidity, if foreclosures start happening, if they can survive. So banks have to go through a stress test to make sure that they have enough money. If people essentially stop making their mortgage payments, that they will be able to survive. <clears throat> it's one of the changes post, you know, the, the, the crash. So. I think it said in 2004, and and I can't remember exactly, but it, roughly in, in 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 2004, only 20 to 30 percent of the loans that were uh, loans through Jenny May were actually coming from a non bank lender, so a mortgage broker, a mortgage banker, a direct lender of that type. Now I believe it's over 65 percent.
0: that's insane. So it's a that's huge a huge increase jump.
1: in the number of loans that non bank lenders are doing. That are selling to Jenny May, so you know your government loans, your FHA loans, things like that. So they are getting more and more concerned that what if something happens? Uh, you know, are those institutions going to be able to survive if people stop making their mortgage payments? So now they are instituting those some sort of a stress test or something to these companies. So what does that mean to a buyer? How does that affect the mortgage market? You know, what's going to potentially happen there? Well, if they come to a a mortgage banker, uh, you know, a mortgage company around here, and and they say, hey, you know, we need to make sure we're gonna put you through this test, make sure that you guys have enough liquidity or money in reserve that something happens, you, you can survive, you know, things can remain status quo. If they don't, basically one of two things is gonna happen number one they're gonna force them to increase their liquidity which more than likely means they need to raise money which how was a mortgage company gonna raise money they're gonna increase their fees they're gonna increase their rates more than likely or number two they're going to pull the fa- the the ability for them to you know when some case, it an fha loan
0: what so if the loans in process right now yeah so
1: if your loans in process right now and your mortgage direct lender says, hey, you know what, we cannot do your FHA loan anymore, you're going to have to move to an enti- either entirely different loan product, which could change your down payment, or an entirely different lending institution, period. Uh, if you're in a 30-day purchase contract, that could create some issues for you, maybe just depending on when that happens. So, like we talked about, how does that affect us in the broker world? Okay, well, if we are going with lender X, uh, and let's say worst case scenario, they're they're they are they they can not originate the FHA loan. We can literally we're gonna either know that ahead of time or we can switch that loan over and make it so it's almost a seamless transaction because it's that there are documents behind the scenes where no one even knows behind really the happens. scenes yeah. and, and potentially, you know, nobody may or, or may not know. Um the uh you know, other piece to that is we it doesn't affect a, the lenders that, we're, that we typically work with are really at the top of the heap, if you will, right? You know, they're the biggest, typically largest mortgage lenders in the country. So it's possible that one of them may not have liquidity, but we work with a variety of them, you know, more than likely they would. So when you're working with, you know, someone like us, that's a mortgage broker, it's probably less likely That you would run into that potential problem
0: well even if it did to to reiterate your what you just said is we have the ability to also lender X has just had their FHA license revoked because they don't have enough liquidity uh, to sustain any pullback or potential recession okay well we just go over to Bank uh, Z over here well they've still retained their FHA license so we just transfer that appraisal transfer the loan docs over to new lender that's gonna close your loan and get the loan done uh back to adam's point what he was just reentering there is even go back to season or, or season one episode one they're talking about the difference of retail banks and correspondence if it can't go there and they turn you down they don't have other options so it's it's, it's just a dead deal uh, where we do have those options of saying well it's it can't work here but it will work over here mm-hmm. so we are able to keep you moving along uh at, at a better pace not everyone with any kind follows, of unforeseen instance. Yeah, they, they, you just they, don't know.
1: Yeah, they might have their own as we talked about before, guidelines or, or overlays that are on top of the additional guidelines and, and every lender is different and certain lenders do are you know, kind of operate in different spaces and so that's where you know, we have the advantage, uh and or we need to know, you know, who is doing what and who is operating in what capacity and what types of loans. So
0: Exactly. And that sets, that's, again, the, all this stuff kind of starts to go back together again, like you just said, overlays. And again, those are things, you know, maybe one lender will go up to a higher debt ratio. Say, well, maybe your debt ratios are tighter with this lender, but we're fine with it. But this lender over here says, well, that lender might be fine, but we're not. Again, those are because they're trying to decrease their risk factors. Uh, again, just to have a better portfolio of loans to, to withstand those stress tests. And again, that just all leads back to making sure that mortgage crash doesn't happen again. Uh, just trying to be proactive with those things, and again, just know who you're working with. Um it, it again, just do your do your research on these people. Yep.
2: Um, you had a deal you just saved from uh, one of the builders, right, Adam?
0: Yep, yep. We can we can do our kind of
1: recent deals. Uh, I just closed it last night at seven o'clock almost. Um, <laughs> the uh, the initial lender was not able to. Get some things done due, due to some guidelines that they had, and and we were able to uh, get the people into the home uh, last night. She was on the plane at five o'clock this morning, leaving for work. And just to, so just to
2: clarify, they did a, a, a verbal verification process of the employment for us, so we didn't have to get some paperwork and things like that to make it happen. Yeah, so we were able to get, yeah, through reviews,
1: documentation, we were able to get it done, and, and and they were not, which made things a little bit nicer, a little bit more efficient. Um, Oh, well, they fact, had a home to move into, uh, really uh, whereas home. the other one, <laughs> yeah. had, they had no loan with the other company yeah, here. Yeah, it was the down. had a loan. loan. Yeah, turned down. So that's definitely something. And even that was a case to where, you know, we have certain lenders that, that do certain things or that are better at certain types of loans. Well, we chose the lender that was basically good for that, and we're able to get them in the home. So sure. that was definitely an advantage that, uh, <clears throat> you know, that we have.
2: Did you get an appraisal waiver on that?
1: that one i did not um we transferred one though from one management
0: company well you just signed up a guy to make it
1: seamless yeah i got the appraiser signed up with the new
0: working (coughs) smart and it's being creative what you did in that instance would have been well hey so borrower you made pay for an appraisal this guy couldn't get your loan done Uh, the easiest thing and could have said well let's just go ahead and submit another appraisal order but Adam took the time to figure out a way to ensure that this customer was not paying for another appraisal or excessive amount again to lessen that cost knowing the appraisal was done already. Uh, and again, that's just taking the extra time because you're trying to get somebody in the best deal. Um, you also, it always leads right back <coughs> to, there's way more to this than here's a 30-year fixed rate mortgage.
2: You also got to give a big shout out to Elite Title because they got that done for you in yeah, two Elite, days. Elite, they Elite got you know, it done.
1: Which, uh, which was nice. They uh, you know, were kind of chosen late in the game um, with, uh, with the builder rep. The kind of builder title company couldn't come through, and, and uh, they knew the, uh, obviously the reputation of the elite, so that was great.
0: But wasn't that uh, the builder's own title that company that couldn't somehow collaborate together? That was their title company. That and these builders also, once you use their financing companies typically and their title companies, yet every time I've closed yeah. a builder's loan, there's typically an issue between that builder yeah. and their, their title company. Yet now they also try to get people to use their financing. It's just not
1: every one of them, but your bigger ones, yeah. But we also did this we, you know, we closed that other new build with an appraisal waiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and that builder was phenomenal. And that was it wasn't their in house title company, but it was a local title company in Powell. And we'd worked with them before, and they're great, you know. On top of it, everything was, you know, worked with us. And it was a, that really was a seamless.
0: That was one last day. Then that was, yeah, yeah that, that was, yeah. All, and she's
1: relocating from Kentucky.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, three, you know, that's three new build loans that, that we've closed in what, two weeks. <laughs> and not even yeah. all three of them had weather related escrow holdbacks. So that the property was able to be occupied, but due to the weather trees, couldn't go in landscaping. So they were able to hold that money back. So when weather breaks, okay, let's get your landscaping in. Didn't hold the loan up. Everybody still moved in their house. Um, and again, there's those little yeah. things that you just don't have to mess around with that we take care of uh, and, ta- and do behind the scenes that people just don't realize to keep these things moving easily and simple for you. Um, I have a loan closing uh, today that I've taken somebody from 29 years left down to a 25 year fixed. Uh, all indications are talking about a, res- a recession, uh, which if you're shopping for mortgages and rates, that's never really a bad thing because that, that means lower rates. Um but that all said, we went – the only thing I had to get this guy from this guy to close this loan uh, was a copy of an email to show me that, tri- that his loan was transferred. Sure, sure, it w- it sure. was a different well, servicer service as verified. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. We, so, true. we went and essentially took him from 29 years left to a loan, uh, wiped out four years of his mortgage. Uh, he gets to skip two mortgage payments. He gets an escrow refund back. His payment went down $200 a month, and we wiped out 40 months, 48 months of payments. Uh, That's a huge one. Which that's, we'll,
1: we'll touch on this in another.
0: But that's always, yeah, it just kind of just going into the, some of these things uh, that the electronic things.
1: verification will we'll, we'll touch in, like exactly what's happening there, you know, and what's going on. We'll, we'll, we'll do that in another podcast, but just so people can understand Simplicity. <laughs> what's going on. It's not a, an old school state of yeah. income loan or something like that. Everything's being verified. We're just using technology to get that information directly from employers and, and institutions. Yeah. But again, um, still.
0: Everybody has jobs, and you know I try to you know go back to the things that you did on that 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 loan that could have on been passed down to a client to, hey, when you get off of work, go and get this for me. Now you need to do this. Where we're taking on more of that work, uh, and getting things done, so you there's less for you to do to get this thing done, and yeah. it's just quicker and easier. Do your job, we'll do ours, and let you know when it's ready to close. Yeah,
2: and I think the only sure. thing that slows us down, it really is the appraisal process. At this point, I mean. Like that, that doesn't even slow. Me. That's well, a week that's for me. That's well,
1: if you've got to get one, that's typically probably the longest piece. But now, uh, like we were saying, I just had a purchase today. They're uh, putting 20% down. Uh, I ran it through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Freddie Mac offered them an appraisal waiver. So they don't even have to get an appraisal on the purchase of their home, which is nice. So that's a the case. Number one, it saves them $450, 480 So legally, uh, you're going to close
2: that loan and. In- Nine days. That, I mean, that is, technically, is, I could have been the prior time.
1: Yeah. Um, right. I don't know if the sellers could do that, but we'll be ready to go. We'll, we'll be ready early. So that I want to touch on something. What you
0: just said. So you ran the loan through the desktop findings. You ran through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and we discussed this in the beginning. That's then. There's also the Jenny Mae. That's government loans. But that aside, so Fannie Mae was not giving you an appraisal waiver. Not, but no. Freddie. So yeah. if this borrower had gone somewhere else and they only ran those findings through Fannie Mae, They're they'd be an paying another 450 to 500 bucks for an yeah. appraisal. Not taking that time to run this thing through Freddie Mac to try to get an appraisal yeah. waiver, or if it was
1: vice versa, and Freddie didn't, give and they yeah. only did Freddie, and so we're Feeney doing this both sides. Griffer, yeah. Is there yeah, a way to we'll get, get
0: appraisal waiver? We figure it out. Hmm. Yeah. Well, did that lender does run. both at the same time, right? So you don't have to pick and choose.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So with the one lender, we actually it's just they call it one click automated underwriting. So we click literally one button and it runs it through both at the same time. So we know immediately. Which, which one can? Be the, which is the which is going to be the path of least resistance, and/or which one can give an appraisal waiver? Which is have we gotten?
2: A, have you guys gotten any ones that are over eighty percent LTV for that? Or less because no, it's got to be eighty. It's yeah. always got to be eighty yeah. for those. Okay.
1: So well, a, a, and along with the appraisal waiver, so now one of the lenders have come out with an, an additional step, or I guess additional option that we can have. They call it easy valuation. And this is where um, things
0: are going. Again, this is yeah. talking about the wholesale side being technology first and uh, really innovative when it comes to technology and, and simplifying the process for not only us but the consumers as well. Yeah. Smarter, not harder. And, and this, yeah. yeah, and this is really big news here.
1: Yeah, so let's say we run it through both. we don't get an appraisal waiver, it says that we need to um, you know, get an appraisal. Now it's you, they still have to put twenty percent down on a purchase. You can actually get it on or rate term refinance. If you can cash out as refinance, it'd be limited to seventy percent. Then it has to be a primary residence. But assuming maybe those are pretty, well, you call guidelines. in and we can
0: give you more information about yeah, it. Yeah, but let's say what this thing actually assuming is.
1: Assuming that's the case, and you don't get an appraisal waiver, what they can do is they have a hundred. They, they have a one one hundred and forty five dollar data collection fee, where they'll go and collect data to see if they have enough to support not getting an appraisal. If that's not enough, then they only collect another $145, which is a total of 290 and then that's your appraisal. That's all that you need. So instead of paying $450, $500 for an appraisal, they're only paying $290, and it only takes between two and four days. So it's a much quicker process. Some appraisers you can get back in appraisals, you can get back in four days, depending on what's going on, or if you wanted to pay for a rush or something. but. So now it's basically simplifying that process for those buyers to make it even cheaper and even easier.
0: Yeah, and th- that's, again, <laughs> ultimate goal is that there's just working smart, and Trey, you just said uh, that, work smart, not hard. And with the data and technology today, all this information is, so, is documented, recorded, um, and that's what's allowing some of these property inspection waivers to come back because they've collected enough data to say, we know values are in this area and support it. Uh, and in this case, now going forward, just now even further simplify the appraisal process, make it quicker, easier, cheaper for everybody to obtain what their ultimate goal is, which is
2: buy the house or close on a refinance. I think we've been pretty lucky too with the appraisers we have. I mean, they're pretty fast. They're, I'm getting seven day turnaround at a maximum right now. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, we've the, the appraisers
1: on the panel for the management companies that we use. Um, I, I've been getting it back in seven,
0: seven calendar days. If I order really it on Monday, good. I get it back the following yeah, Monday. Yeah,
1: I mean, obviously we can't – we talk to them, but uh, – Colin has to let him in the,
2: get the house. The too, right? yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> but, well, but once we see him getting the same right.
1: appraisers pretty
0: – That's not always going to be the case, though, right? Because once the peak buying season you know, starts, it, they're going to be overloaded. And
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, once we get in the summertime, typically they do slow down a little bit. So that's where this would come into play to make it nice. Uh, it's quicker, it's less work for the appraisers, they don't have to do as much because a lot of this data is being collected in the background anyways. Um, it's just, it's us again utilizing technology to make things, like you said, smarter, not harder, you know, easier, not harder, just allowing the process to be easier because like Tom said, you have a life and you have work, you may have kids, animals, pets, whatever. You got a lot of stuff going on, friends, you know, you don't need to go work a 40 hour week job then come home. And spend 40 hours a week trying to get your loan you know let us guide you through that make it easier for you get a lot of this stuff up front you know you close quicker and you're happier
0: yeah and, and as we take on that work uh, to get these loans done for everybody it's we, we on top of that we're, we're educating people and i can i can say without doubt that every person i've closed is knows more about this industry and how things work than the day that they had first called me uh, and that's something we all take pride in um, is helping people understand their real estate market, and it's you're not buying a car. And I know i probably said that on every episode here. This is going to be your largest investment, and that is exactly how we handle this. Um, you know, you're paying in a 401k or maybe other stocks on the side, but this is another side of your portfolio, and we're going to give you ideas on ways to move that asset around. But again, we just closing a deal today. where We moved somebody down, knocked four years off their loan, um, and we're almost doubled the amount of money uh, with the same payment they have going to principal now so that's that's again that's your asset that's your money and 10 years down the road when that asset is has way more capital gain in it um you find yourself being very thankful to uh, taking on some of these ideas and and moving that asset around
2: and if you don't know please give us a call and ask i mean if your situation is where you have 24 years left on your loan like you said, you can go to 20 or even 15 years now and have well, the same payment you have now. Well,
0: Bill, our lenders will even do odd years or, or even years. So you can even go to a 22-year fixed. And most people think that, that yeah. you've probably never heard of that before. It's, you're used to, oh, what's well, a 30-year fix, 25, 20? 20. Well, we can do 27-year fixed rate loans, 23-year right. fix. So if you're somebody that, hey, my payment is X, I got 27 years left well maybe a 24 year fixed puts you with the exact same payment that you make now but knocks off 3 years um, and again the math will tell you if it works or not and that's just we just want that chance to show you that math yeah. um math and, it, lie. yeah and it, you you can look at it and you'll see babe hey, you know what this works uh, it either does or it doesn't uh, yeah. you know we won't waste your time and even even send any information out we'll tell you hey this doesn't work uh, yeah. you're you're already in a good position but just to affirm that is again it's just to know that you're in the right position that that's because this is the biggest asset that you do have. It's probably larger than most
2: people's 401k, especially mm. for a first time home buyer right now.
1: Yeah. Any other special uh, stuff from you, one well, what
2: do you? What do you think in terms of, uh, I mean, I know Tom mentioned that Brexit thing f- to me about uh, Europe and stuff. What do you think projected going into the summer? What's the rates going to do? What do you guys think? I mean, you're around it every day. I'm around it every day. I think they've been hovering and they have been hovering, but, you know people want to get scared you know the refi boom is going to come back Everybody's saying in our industry but is it coming back are well, the rates going a, to be there we don't know question, right yeah. and that's a question
0: um, that everybody's been asking for years because i can go back and i watched that treasury market religiously and the the you know the stock markets is playing on on our TVs in here and we got market watch up on our computers uh, we've been hearing for years rates are going up this year. Uh, they don't. Oh no, no this year. No, they're definitely going up this year. Nope, they don't.
2: Well, we saw <laughs> a little spike in like November, right? It, it was, started uh, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: but yeah, now we've too. started to see a little bit of pullback again. Yeah, uh, there's, that's, there's a lot of economic factors that
1: would come into it. I, that's a tough call, man. I'm, I mean, no it, one it, can it, it tell you for there. sure. And nice they to do, see them around this level. You know, I mean, I think they made some.
2: Okay, some so, changes, so so let's talk about the lock and shop thing. Okay, because that kind of r- r- we're going to move into the busy season, right? Yeah. So, how exactly does a lock in shop work?
1: Yeah. So, we you can have the option, you can lock in your rate for 60 days while you're looking for the price. So, you have to find and close your home in 60 days, but you don't have to actually be in contract. Do you have to have
2: the address, at least. Or no, you do not have to have an yeah. address. It's called a TBD,
1: a to be determined address. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, if you find and close a home within 60 days, so let's say, you know, things turn around here and you know they get back on track and they start you know continue to raise rates and, and whatnot well you're locked in for 60 days so if rates continue to increase then you're not gonna pay the higher rate you get the locked in rate
2: and you can extend at that point because I just did one where I had to extend it for 30 it only cost like 0.1 what did the it, rate. well rates got better I yeah. think in that case yeah, yeah but so. if rates go down then you can
1: actually take the lower rate. If you haven't found a property yet, you can, you can, you the lower rate, Yeah. And there's a
2: renegotiation option. Right. So there's a couple of
1: different things. Really what it comes down to at the end of the day is it just allows us to have options to, if there's a change in the marketplace for the better or for the worse, uh, that, you know, nobody can, we we don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what's going to happen day to day. We can, we have data and we follow feeds and, and, and tendencies and uh, and things like that that we follow. But, you know that's not 100% guaranteed no nope. you know so you don't know for sure uh, those are just some tools that we have to help protect the customer uh, you know and or worst case ever, if there's a huge fluctuation for some reason we you know we, we have different lenders that we can yeah move can it work with exactly not we want to do that but there are times where you know it's been warranted to, uh, to do so
2: sure
0: and to further elaborate on that that TBD the lock-and-shop um, You don't necessarily have to lock it either if you're somebody that wants to float that market you're you're more than welcome again these are ideas that we'll share with you and it'll give you something to think about i find the most important thing about a tbd uh, loan is if you don't have that property and you're in contract yet and you're just trying to shop is your loan is essentially underwritten so they're looking at your income Uh, they'll look at your assets and say well borrower you are fine find a house now all we have to do is show a contract Get the title work, get a homeowner's insurance and appraisal, and you can close your loan. Now, where that gives you an advantage, if there's multiple offers on a property, showing a listing agent that this borrower has already had their income signed off on, has been reviewed by an underwriter, you are most likely going to have an, a leg up on, that, on that, that scenario between multiple offers. Man, that um, just
2: happened to me twice. Two houses in one week. The guy bidding, he's bidding, and bidding. Right here in Dublin. Bid. And he gets to get outbid every time, you know. And, it, but, and I bet you, but maybe if you and had that TBD
0: on. and said, "Hey, yeah. I, here's my loan approval. I, this guy has already been seen by an underwriter. His income is cleared off. Assets are cleared off. I just need a contract, and the house has to appraise, and you're done." Right. Uh, and to for to give somebody that that peace of mind with you know so many variables that go into a loan, uh, that that's as close to a sure thing as you can have, because uh, I would be willing to bet anything nine times out of ten that the, the pre approval is just coming from somebody who says, "Yeah." we think it's going to be fine but it's most likely not been in front of an underwriter yet it's probably just a pre pre a pre recall somebody wrote up and it's it's too easy and i've seen it too many times where people will just do that just to throw something against the wall and again it's at your expense and that's not where you should be ending up because you will be led down a road of disappointment and if somebody does that it gives a black eye to the entire industry and that's what we're trying to prevent uh... which is again why we lead you to ask questions know who you're working with um, if, if you're confused, or think you're you call us, whether we're working on your loan or not. We're here just to make sure you're getting the best advice possible uh, to make sure that loan closes the right way for you.
2: There's really no stupid question. There I mean, isn't. There there, I mean? there just 100% because. is not a stupid question
0: mm-hmm. out there. Uh, I mean, as long as we've discussed in our first uh, episode between this table, there's over 50 years sitting here, and we are still to this day learning. Uh, I mean, I ask Adam questions every day. I ask Bill questions every day. We're always trying to learn. We're looking up guy, we have I look up guidelines every day. And things change. Sure <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean I, so pretty, we have to keep ourselves yeah, ahead. That's hard our hard job.
1: Either, so it's like, you know, I mean, that's the, it, something else a we a
0: lot of stuff there. You know. and, and to have that that TBD pre-approval and knowing that you've been underwritten, and we'll, we'll even talk to listing agents, and that's been a help uh, to, to make sure somebody wins that offer. Uh, Bill made a great point. I mean, it's it can be very discouraging if you you know put an offer in and you lose that offer. Put an offer in and you do that four or five times, you start to lose faith and th- I'm not ever going to find a house. Well, discouraging let's that, yeah. get yeah. your pre-approval and, and, and actually have a loan underwritten for your income and say, now let's see what happens. Right. Because, uh, again, I think in a listening agent, knowing how these realtors are and they want to see something you know done quickly and efficiently, to know that this guy is going to be able to close as long as their house appraises, let's go with them. Right. I think that's. I, th- I think the TBD is a big deal going into this year. Personally, I, I think it's going to be a, give people a lot, of, a, a much bigger leg up when it comes to these multiple offers. Because how many did you see last year? Multiple offers. I mean, it was well, felt like every loan. You know, people crazy. were coming in over bidding, yeah. and like, this guy came in five grand over asking, ten grand over asking. Um, I had forty and fifty. Yeah, it's it's insane what some of <laughs> these people do. I mean, uh, and ultimately, what they're Four doing minutes. though is they're yeah. throwing it out there at a high cost. And well, let's see what happens to this appraisal and if appraisal comes in short, then they're gonna try to renegotiate it <laughs> yep. again, things that just people shouldn't be doing, and it's it's it happens far
2: too often.
1: Okay. Uh, you know, you know, you know.
2: well I, w- I just want to point out a little thing about the investor things we got coming out now. I mean, as the subprime market kind of opens back up a little bit, we're getting I found I saw one eighty percent LTV no doc on investment properties. That's pretty strong yeah, because of debt so, service
1: rates, debt service coverage, and that's yeah. just
2: saying you know uh, investing in real estate is good. Okay, so oh, it's very good. You it's see a house that's eighty thousand dollars, and you could put twenty percent down—that's sixteen grand. Now you got a rental property that you can rent out for a thousand or twelve hundred bucks a month. People need to start thinking about that. Sometimes, Sometimes it's better than a four hundred one k. Your money yeah. sitting in a four hundred one k. Isn't going to make you as much money as that is. Well, I, I ask
0: here but if, if, as far as rental properties, if you're at work and somebody asks you if they can pay into your four hundred one k. Would anybody here say no? Yeah. So, how is no. that any different than owning a rental yeah. property? If your mortgage payment is five hundred dollars a month and you can get rent in that property for a thousand dollars a month, somebody's giving you five hundred dollars a month just to yeah. live in your house. Right. It's uh, and, again, those are things that are people starting to begin to open their – when you look and see that math for yourself and that $500 snowballs, yeah. there's another asset that somebody is paying down for you. So when you turn around and sell it in five years, you walk away with tens of thousands of dollars that you did not have to pay into.
2: Right. Good thing for people that have money sitting around and they don't – you know, it's a great investment. Uh, you can get in with very little documentation, no pay stuff, no W-2s, no tax returns, and you just buy that. You know what I mean? Yeah, the rate may be a little bit higher, but it doesn't matter because the rent debt service is going to cover it you know um and there's multiple
0: investment you know avenues it does i mean single family there's you know again call us that that's why you know there's there's way more details to that uh the best site but it's it's something definitely look into
2: the best ones i hear when you know uh oh my grandma uh you know passed away or was going to a nursing home now we got this house what do we do with it well they always want to sell it and try to cash out but in, in actuality would you rather sure pay you for 30 years or would you rather pay you right now you create know? another
0: another form of yeah. monthly income for yourself right you know whether you that you if somebody wanted to keep that residual income you can that that's make your mortgage payment then dump the yeah. rest into your savings account right if, if you so desire mm-hmm. you at least have control more control of your money and your asset at that point
1: true awesome i think that probably covers Everything episode for this three. week. Um, we did want to let everybody know, you know, try and follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Pinterest. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. It's uh, Stratton C uh, Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn to Stratton Mortgage. So follow us. Well, of we course, our it. website. On the we website, that. yeah, StrattonMortgage yeah. dot
2: com. Yep. Yep. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, that uh, wraps up our episode three here. So we look forward to. Uh, Seeing everybody or talking with everybody again here next Tuesday. Um, Yeah, everybody have a great week, and uh, we'll be back here next week.
2: Thanks.